You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1140 of the Lockdown Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Sunday evening into Monday. And today's podcast will be something of a crossover edition as I went on the Locked On Cavs podcast for that back and forth with Chris Manning to kind of break down the postponement on Sunday evening between the Hawks and the Cavs, as well as some Eastern Conference stuff, etc. We'll have more content coming this week, but in place of that game recap podcast that would normally be here on your Monday morning, this is a nice conversation that Chris and I had about 40 minutes or so. So uh, without further delay, here is Chris Manning and I talking about Hawks, Cavs, and much more. Brad, you and I were talking before we got this going, and you you had said that this was really the first time that the Hawks have been. I, would you say that they've been impacted by by these by COVID and stuff? Because Trey Young obviously was out before this, and then we found out that not only were Evan Mobley and Isaac Okoro in COVID protocols, but five other Cleveland Cavaliers, most notably Jared Allen, um, were going to be unavailable. So the Cavs were not able to field a functional basketball team to go play in Atlanta on Sunday after they played Saturday in Milwaukee. This is obviously just an ongoing issue in the NBA, but is this the first time that the Hawks, from just you thinking about this, that they've been really readily impacted by, by COVID, aside from the fact that like there was a season halted and they had to finish <laughs> a year in a bubble and all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, on the Hawks' side, this is easily, and I think really the only prominent example of a player entering protocols. And it got to the point today where at least some Hawks fans, I'm not sure how many, but at least a few of my mentions were confused and thought that the game got postponed because Trey got co- because Trey had COVID or whatever. <laughs> uh, and I was like, no, it's the it's the Cavs that are the reason this is, game's not happening. Uh, Trey is still in the protocol. That's yes. all we know right now. Yes, but um, it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Hawks fans are not quite as up to speed on some of the stuff as other teams because they haven't, haven't had to be. It's been lucky. I'm knocking on wood right now because they've had, they kind of have floated between this. And you mentioned, I mean, two years ago, everybody got affected by it. And they had a couple of like other team affected incidents last season. But yeah, this is kind of the first time that it's been, you know, with Trey being the most prominent name on the team by a wide margin as well. It's like, oh, wake up call. Trey Young's the protocols and Trey's tweeting through it. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Trey, so Trey is just like going to be online guy through as he's sitting in the protocols. He's just going to like <laughs> just tweet through it. I respect it, honestly. Yeah, he 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 used a uh, a gif of Demarcus Cousins, which was funny, um, talking about how ridiculous <laughs> the pandemic is. And I, I think you know, at, at this moment, I don't, I'm not sure how he's feeling. I think he's feeling okay, because uh, considering the way he's kind of talking about stuff online, and I'm not even sure if he tested positive. You know how that's you know how this stuff goes. They, they yeah, never say yeah. explicitly what happened. It's like no, he's in protocol. That could mean anything. Everybody's like jumping to conclusions that he tested positive. He may have, but. The Hawks are 100% vaccinated, which helps, and that kind of kind of allows you to get out of um, the protocol faster. We can get into that if you want to, but yeah, a weird night. We were not supposed to be doing this podcast at least before a game was played. Before a game was played, but here we are. Brad, I, it's you and I were OGs of the network. It's good when we can connect. It's you know we've recorded in some seminal moments. There was a certain day in 2016 where I came home and recorded after like watching a certain ticker, and it was like my brain just snapped and we somehow recorded a recap podcast of Cavs Hawks and I, I don't know how I did it if we're being honest um st- I've gone back and listened to like some very old episodes just to like because I just apparently don't like myself and that's one of them I just can't do because I think I would just like have like some some strong panic attack action but like <laughs> to re- I think we should just kind of set the baseline of what's going on here because there obviously is just uh the, the COVID protocol situation is there's a lot going on in the league, right? Like, obviously, I think Brooklyn is on everyone's mind because of 
the Kyrie Irving of it all because they have like Kevin Durant out, James Harden out. Like there's a lot going on there. But the way this is going, there's a lot of teams doing with this. The Bulls have had games postponed. This game is deemed as postponed. We'll see if and when it, it can get made up. I think they've built in some stuff in the schedule. But as far as we know right now, it doesn't seem like they want to push back the schedule in any meaningful way to accommodate some of these games. The Cavs, as I mentioned at the top, Evan Mobley and Isaac Okor were put in it earlier this week. And then Jared Allen, Lamar Stevens, Denzel Valentine, Dylan Windler, and RJ Nembhard, who's a two-way player, were all were put into protocols. Uh, Windler had a really nasty fall on Saturday night against Milwaukee, which again, we're not even going to talk about, uh, at least on today's show, because of what's going on here. But, you know, it's just kind of a tough thing to have seven guys out. And then if you include eight with Colin Sexton, being out with issue for you with injury, the Cavs just like are down to seven dudes, and like that's just kind of hard to play unless like they wanted to make Taco fall their eighth. But like, I don't think like that's like a product anyone is really interested in. As you noted, the Hawks are fully vaccinated. The Cavs also were fully vaccinated. Um, I believe Brad that you have to basically pass like you can test out with like two negative tests or a conditioning test or something like that, and, and able to get out of the protocol. Sometimes this is this is vague <laughs> to me. Like it's vague to me and exactly like what the like the NFL ones for as Byzantine as they seem. Esther being like a Browns fan and like watching that play, play out this week. The NBA one seems sort of like more confusing to me, despite that, like I covered this league, I guess that might just be me, but like, I'm, I'm just confused a little bit. It's a little bit more confusing, you know, from what I understand and what I've heard and kind of been told the last couple hours here before we start recording is that Trey young in particular, because he is vaccinated can test out with two negative tests as long as they're 24 hours or more apart. So you can't just take two back to back and get out. It takes like a day plus. And, you know, the big thing on the Hawks side is that they play on Christmas and they have played at Christmas in decades. Like Hawks fans are very, very excited about that. And now Trey Young may not be able to play on Christmas, yeah. um, which is that's that's been a number. It's kind of funny. I was telling you that before, but um, this is a pretty big game. They got postponed tonight. Like the Cavs are playing well. The Hawks are not playing well, but they're at least hanging around and. Uh, Sunday night primetime game, and it's like half of my mentions were kid trip playing Christmas. <laughs> it was like that was the first thought anybody had. Yeah, but yeah. You, I mean, I, my understanding is that he can test out, um, and you know he might not be alone at this point in time. He's the only guy in the protocol for the Hawks. But as you well know, most of the time when this happens, maybe some of the time when this happens, it doesn't always stick to one person. So we'll see. Yeah, my my reaction with this calf stuff was like, okay, like we when we found out that Okora was in it, and then that Mobley was in it. I was like, okay, there's just seems like there's probably going to be somebody else. Like, that's just how this has gone. I mean, obviously with the variants in the world right now with, with just kind of how things are going around the league, like it is just very unlikely that this stuff like doesn't transmit because these guys, like these guys are with each, like, they're not like living together in like a college dorm or anything like that, where it's like extremely close quarters, but like they're on team planes together. They are in the locker room together where like, I don't think they're wearing masks in the locker room. Like we don't know because like media access in the world of COVID is, is zoom or like if you're tier one, you don't even really get, you get to like sit at the front of them and when they're at the, the table for the press conferences, but like, you're not getting like the access that we might've before. Like some of this stuff is like very vague um, in a way that again, like I think like, I feel like I understand more about what's going on with the NFL than I do the NBA and that's like that's a weird thing to like say like the NFL is like sort of getting something right in a way that like the the NBA like is it because the NBA is typically like I think fairly well but like we're staring down like a very just interesting pivot point. I wonder how they will handle this. I, Brad, I almost wonder this, and this is maybe um, a, a, a point to note just because we did see Brooklyn and at Denver at Brooklyn and New Orleans at Philly postponed as well. Uh, Monday Monday's Magic Raptors game and then a Tuesday game which the Wizard Nets was also postponed. I wonder just because Christmas Day is such a big deal 
I, I, I kind of just like wonder if like a mini pause until then and just to kind of give people some time to figure this stuff out, like might not be a bad thing because like, frankly, like Trey going back to MSG is just like a big deal. I think that like these teams just ultimately being healthy enough to like not have to like kind of push through the season is, is a bigger deal. And like, this is just escalating in a very like optically uncomfortable way. And like, there's been different comments from players about like how they felt when they come back. Kevin Love, you know, talked about how hard it was. DeMar DeRozan kind of played it down when he just came back from COVID in Chicago. But like, it just seems like decisions have to be made. And like, I, I would wonder, I, there's just like a lot that I think when we look back at this, that I'm sure like Baxter Holmes or like Kevin Arnovitz or someone will like write like a very detailed piece that will un pull some of this back. But like, I, I would like to read that when we're like a little more removed from this because there's just like a lot going on here that I don't quite know what to make sense of. And like, it's just every time we like get a Woj bomb, it's not like a, it's not a trade room or something. It's just like, Oh, more COVID stuff. And that's just like, no one's having fun. I think right now. Agreed. Nobody's having fun whatsoever. And yeah, the pause thing is interesting because there's a whole rabbit hole there, but I've kind of made this joke offline. I'm not even sure it's a joke. I think the whole, I think, I think the, I think the NBA would use the full college college park Skyhawks roster on Christmas day rather than, rather than postpone that game. Like, I don't think people understand the money involved with Christmas, Christmas day games. It's by far the biggest part yeah. of the regular season schedule. Oh yeah. And they will do anything they possibly can do to be having those games on TV on those days. It may not be the best product in the world, but that's the thing. Like the timing on this could not be worse, which is not anybody's fault. It's just what it is, but they, they cannot, cannot, cannot afford to postpone slash wipe off that slate of games on Christmas day. So it's kind of just like holding on to your hats and maybe they're being a little bit more careful this week in advance of that. But those games, uh, they will do anything to have those games played. All right. We're going to come back after the break, talk a little bit more about some COVID stuff and, and then transition to talking about the bigger Eastern conference picture. But first got to tell everyone about Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps save you money by helping you identify and stop paying for those subscriptions. You don't need want or simply forgot about on average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. All you have to do is link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need to cancel them unwanted subscriptions just so you don't have to. Look, Truebill saves people money. There are over 2 million users to help them save over $100 million so far. And look, who you're going to forget subscriptions. Everyone does it. So just go and use Truebill. Don't fall for subscription scams. Stop. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedInNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedInNBA. It could save you thousands of dollars a year. Truebill.com backslash LockedInNBA. Okay, Brad. So I want to I, I ask you this as someone like who's looking out on this outside calf season. The Hawks like doesn't seem like their schedule will be interrupted. I, I, it's, we're recording this on Sunday. It is too early for me to like fully speculate on what the Cavs – altered schedule could look like right because they play wednesday and then they they're supposed to play wednesday in boston and then play the 26th at home against toronto we don't know what the schedule could, could because these guys are vaccinated because theoretically it could they could come and go we could you could see guys come back and be able to feel the roster and then things just trudge on i think that's generally what we're going to see but like i do you, from just covering a team that let's just say had more to play for than last year's cavaliers or the or the year before Cavs. When when things did get just kind of interrupted in theory, or like at least like there was the specter of this, did you get the sense that like teams were worried, or that Atlanta was worried about like the potential interruption of of some of this stuff? Because I like one of the concerns I would have is just the Cavs are playing well, and like they've navigated a lot of different stuff this year already, and their roster's weird and all that stuff. But like they're playing well, they have momentum. 
and and they have just kind of a flow. I just I wonder how you deal with like this interruption. And if you're Atlanta, like and you don't have Trey Young, you're gonna have to. You just can't play the same way you play basketball. And like that's hard to figure out when like you don't get time to really practice in season. You know, like it's just this is just like weird. Like I think I don't know how you even approach this if you're a team to try to just like make the most of it, even if you can't make the most of it. For sure. I mean, nobody is trained to deal with this kind of stuff. It's just a very odd, the uncertainty of it is a big thing too. And you mentioned that the Cavs playing incredibly well lately and really all season long. And, you know, having that messed up by anything is not great. You know, people that are NBA players and coaches are creatures of habit. They like to do what they do, especially coaches and old school people. Yeah. I mean, I covered Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan is the old schoolest of the old school, basically. Like, I can't imagine he'd be like he'd be losing his mind if they had to go on pause for two weeks. Obviously, he'd have to do it, but it's one of those things where no one's going to like that kind of stuff, particularly when you're, when things are going well. Um, you know, it was the reaction that I got to this postponement on the Hawks side. I talk about the fans, not, not the team. The fans were like, "Well, you know, they weren't too bothered, I guess, just because the Hawks have not been playing well." But if you're the Cavs, you gotta, you know, you're not thrilled to have anything kind of stay in your way right now with how you're playing. And yeah, it's. If, if the Hawks had a had any kind of you know shutdown or whatever, it would be unfortunate. It would be difficult if they have to play without Trey Young for a week or whatever. That's going to hurt them a lot because he's their best player. That's that's very um, I guess self explanatory. But um, if you had to pick one guy for the Hawks to be without, it would uh, he would not be the one that you want you want to choose. <laughs> let's just say. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, clearly you'd rather just like you know you'd rather have like Onyeko Kongu. No shade, but over him, over Trey, obviously. I, I, I love Onyeka. Hey, he's I back. He's, he's back. And I'm he's happy, back. I'm happy he, he, looks, he looks great. But, yeah, no, it's uh, – yeah, I, I think this is obviously – Cleveland's dealing with the more the bigger issues as of, as of this recording. Obviously, the Hawks could have some as well. But it's just kind of a nuanced thing where I'm sure everybody will handle, handle it differently, and the challenges are such where it's kind of – hard on everyone because of the uncertainty and last year was the same thing the they had the more draconian protocols all season long and nobody had a ton of fun navigating those but they were also a lot more effective you know there were three games postponed today in the nba and before today there were two total postponed in the season Mm -hmm. and they were two for the two for the bulls last week so Mm -hmm. it's getting worse uh that's very self-explanatory at this point but um it's just going to be a challenge for everyone, I know the Hawks are ramping up a little bit more of the you know, protocols, you know, more masking, all that, all that stuff that you can yep. do. Even when vaccinated, just be more careful. But no one's going to be uh, resting easy anytime soon. I think. Yeah, I think that's right. All right, Brad, let's turn away from the pandemic because I just, I just, I just can't. please. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the East standings because I think I, I'm not like breaking new ground here, either for your listeners or mine. That like the Cavs are like better than anyone could have thought. Like I. I, I took the under on them in the betting pod we did at the beginning of the year because I was like, there's just no way this team could win. Like, I'm like, they're going to be better, but like winning up more than 26 and a half games feels like a reach. And yet here we are that they're like, you know, they, if they would have played the night and one, I think they would have gotten up to like, they could have gotten as high as second um, in the Eastern Conference, which is like kind of crazy. East is, I think, better. I think we would expect than, than I think it's better than the West this year. That's just sort of like my, my lukewarm tape. But Brad is the man who does the power kings at our at our shared employer dime Dime, shots to dime mag shots to robbie shots to bill uh shots to martin what what do you make of the east and like how it how it is situated as we're like you know 30 or so games in for most of these teams yeah it's it's really really interesting like i know you know this and hawks fans may not the Cavs currently have the best net rating in the east by a considerable margin (laughs) 
doesn't make sense. It doesn't make. I mean, I, I know. I think they have, like, they have like eight actual rotation players, and they're like, <laughs> like Dean Wade is going to cameo, and like Lamar Stevens is going to cameo, and we're going to be fine. And it's like, okay, sure. <laughs> so back in October, I know you and I talked around this when when the Hawks lost to the Cavs. I think it was like the second game of the season, third game of the season. Hawks fans were melting down because. <laughs> The Cavs are supposed to be bad. I mean, you know yeah, this. The Cavs yeah. were supposed to be good. And it's like, oh, the Hawks riding high after this Commerce Finals appearance just lost to the Cavs early in the season. And I mentioned this on my last show on Friday. I was like, that loss doesn't look bad anymore. I mean, it was a road loss to Cleveland, and Cleveland is good. So uh, whatever. But, yeah, um, I, I don't know if if I would pick the Cavs to finish – the season with the best net rating in the East. My apologies yeah. to your listeners, Chris. I mean, no, look, um, I, I am like, I've had people like ask me if they're like a finals contender and I'm like, no, like look, slow down, man. Like, let's just pump the brakes for like five seconds and, and we'll get, well, we can get there. Evan Mobley like is really good. Like we can be excited about that, but like, let's, let's just like chill for a minute. Let's just, let, let's just chill. Well, I mean, and yes, that's true. And that's what I'd be saying if I was you, uh, knowing myself, and my listeners are probably laughing right now because I'm I'm someone who, if things are going very poorly, I'm seen as being too positive, and if things are going very well, I'm seen as being too negative. I'm usually in the middle somewhere. Well, I think that's and, why you and I get along is because we're both yes. sort of like we're pragmatic about this. We're not going to like that's kind of how you have to live your yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you have to cover this team every day. You, you can't ride the wave too too much. You're, you're but, yeah, team every day. That's you're got you're goddamn right. We exactly. do this every day. <laughs> But, you know, there's a lot to be excited about if you're the Cavs. And, like, the baseline, I mean, having a defensive rating of, like, 103 is just crazy. Um, yeah, I think the East is kind of – other than other than the Cavs, I will say it. Other than the Cavs, the East has kind of been what I expected to some degree. Like, the teams that are supposed to be good are good. Um, Brooklyn is good. Milwaukee is good. Miami, when they were not missing all of their guys, is good. Um, Chicago has been better than I thought, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And the Hawks have been a little bit worse than I thought, but even by even by the numbers, like the Hawks' record is not good, um, but they're in the top ten in net rating too. So it's not like they've just like totally cratered either. So the teams are supposed to be good, and even Philly, Philly with Embiid has been pretty good. It's just that they were awful without him. So it's kind of like that Cavs outlier, and then everybody else. There's kind of an explanation. I think maybe the Hawks are like the most disappointing of everybody else in that top tier, but or maybe top two tiers, but. It's a mess. I, I can say that. I think Milwaukee's probably still the best team when they're healthy, yeah. but they've never been healthy all, all year long. So who knows? I feel like Milwaukee is still like my title favorite. I mean, the numbers when they're when they're healthy, when they have even some of their guys. If, if they have Giannis, Drew, and Chris, I think they're fine. Yeah, and they're like plus twelve or something when those guys play. I mean, they're it's not even yes. The when Milwaukee is even semi healthy. They've been dialed in. But, I mean, Brooklyn's still managed to be pretty good, even with all of their mess. I mean, KD's been incredible, but Harden's not been incredible. And then you have the Kyrie sideshow and now, now protocol issues and all that stuff. And Lock, lock that nuts for the Kyrie uh, uh, pandemic update, if you want that. Yeah, I who knows what's going on with the nets. But they are – I mean, as long as they have Kevin Durant, they're pretty terrifying. So the East is still good. Um, I have a hard time telling you with confidence who I like – like in an order of those top five, yes, six teams. Yes. Um, but they are, I do, I think I do trust those teams. And then Cleveland's kind of the wild card and we'll see how, um, how this holds up. But again, they lead at this moment, Chris, I know, I know you know this already, but they lead the East in net rating by 2.7 points. 
That's absolutely insane. They're, they're also like first against the spread by like an insane margin. At least oh. they were the last time I looked. It's like absurd did, how well they're doing. Did it. they cover last night? Because if they did, oh, I have um, no idea. Oh, they did. Yeah, they won. So yeah, they're twenty. Oh yeah, they uh, yeah, yeah yeah. I yeah. believe they're twenty four five and two against the spread, which is yeah. absolutely preposterous. <laughs> the clean in the glass has a metric that is like kind of computed out over like a hundred possessions, and it's like the Cavs and the Warriors the whole year have been like their own tier of like against the spread. And it's just like absurd how much better they've been. Um, it's wild. All right. After the break, we're going to sort through like the Cavs being the third seed right now, really and tied for second in terms of games back with, with the bulls and then the Hawks being over. We're going to see, we're going to play a little fact real or real or not real with those two teams. But first got to tell everyone about our friends at built bar. Look, built bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. I had a strawberry one today. They're great. I mean, you can't go wrong with a, a, the strawberry flavored chocolate bar. That, that is protein bar that is covered in some, Milk chocolate and is good for you. It has 70 grams of protein. You know, most of these have like about 130 calories, as much as 180. Really low net carb ratings. Like all of them are really, really good. Cookies and cream, mint brownie, raspberry, double chocolate. They're all really, really good. If you need a good stocking stuffer for some friends, maybe you have some meathead friends who are trying to get their gains in to start the new year. Get them a mix. Get a mixed box. Give everyone like two, and you're gonna be all set. And you'll be you'll be doing the homies a solid. Um, you could try dipping them in hot cocoa as well. You get a little melt, and then you get your beverage a little bit of that Built Bar flavor. That's that's pretty great to me. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off of Built.com. And they have a uh, factory second sale right now. So not only do you get that promo code, but you get deals on the, on their factory seconds. Go take advantage of that while you still can. And got to tell everyone about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the football season continues the march towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile site to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball to football to NHL to boxing to UFC, write your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Brad, do you want to start talking about if the Hawks as the 11 seed is is real or not real, or the Cavs as, as, the, as a top, let's say, three seed is, is real or not real? Um, let us discuss the, uh, the Hawks first, I guess, okay. cause that's the more negative thing. We'll save the positive for the end. Cause the Cavs have been awesome. Okay. So are um, you, are you pessimistic about what this Hawks team is as of right now? I'm not actually, I think okay. Hawks fans are, um, and this maybe ties back to what I was talking about in the last segment about how I'm a little bit, uh, more in the middle than most people are. Um, you know, the number, the underlying numbers are decent enough for the Hawks. They're not great, but they have, you know, they're about plus two or so per hundred possessions. The offense has been really, really good. All year long, um, you know, I think number three in the league right now as we're talking. And uh, as long as Trey Young is able to play, which is no longer a lock right now in the next couple of uh, you know days, weeks, whatever. But as long as he's been able to play, they've been really good. Um, but defensively, it's a mess, man. Like, I the personnel has never been fantastic defensively, and that's always been the concern, even dating back to last year. The Hawks uh, played good defense late in the season. Click Capella was incredible, and I said as much on every episode, I think, of my podcast. Um, throughout the entire season about how good he was yeah and this year he's been like kind of pretty good but not the same and that's not the reason why they've been bad but last year he he was so good that it covered up for a lot of people's weaknesses and now with the injuries and Capella being more human they can't get stops I mean they got absolutely run out of the gym by Denver on Friday and Denver yes they have Jokic but that's not the same team that's, that's supposed to be doing that to you so they got 133 in that game and um yeah I think the numbers are probably a little bit more encouraging than the, than the record, 
but you know, no longer is this team supposed to be, um, at least in some people's minds, like a top three or four seed in the East. Like they, they can, they can still do that. I want to be honest about that and clear. I think that they, they, if they finish fourth in the East, still, I would not be surprised. But when you start fourteen and fifteen, you know, you got to dock a little bit of your projection for that. Like I have 50, 50 wins this season. I wouldn't pick that now. I mean, you you, you kind of just can't do that. Um, I mean, they they can get there. Last year they got super hot when they took over and didn't lose. It seemed like for you know a month. But right now it's uh it's frustrating. But I think that they are their personnel and their performance level is better than their record is where I would leave it for now. Yeah, cleaning the glass has them um, an expected win to expected excuse me win differential. They're twenty seventh in expected win differential based on their numbers. So like they're one of the worst teams based on how they're performing versus what the numbers would say that they should be yep. um, third in offense, 23rd in defense, 12th in net rating, um, which uh, is, I mean, that's like, they're up there with like Memphis and, and the Clippers and Boston and that like range of, of net rating. So like, I mean, like in, this is also just one of those things where it's like Indiana somehow is like ninth in net rating. And I feel like no one is, <laughs> takes the Pacers seriously this year. Um, it's still early. I mean, the thing is the Hawks, the theory of the Hawks dating back to when they built this roster around Trey Young and around John Collins was always like top five offense. And can you be good enough on defense? Yeah. And right now half of that is happening. Yeah. And it's not even that they have to be awesome on defense, but they can't be 24th, 25th, 27th. However, however bad they've been at different times. They got to be like 17th in defense, which isn't like that big of a difference. Like just be okay, be mediocre defensively. And they're in good shape. They just haven't been that this year so far. Yeah. So, I mean, like, John Collins, um, I quite enjoy. You, you had him as like kind of an all-star caliber guy, like not too long ago. If I'm not, if I'm not misremembering, yeah, that. he's been really good as far as I remember. No, he's been playing incredible. I, mean, I don't think he's going to make the all-star team because they probably needed to have a great record to have him get like you know the usual buzz that you would kind of need to make the all-star team. But I think he's been, I think he's been awesome this year. You know, Trey's still their best player, but John's been a strong number two for them this year. He's been very, very, very good. And I think nationally still he's underrated. I don't know if it's because of the numbers have not been the same in the last couple of years because of um, getting more help around him, but man, he's really good. Yeah. All right. So look, look at the East. They're 14 and 15 as of right now. There's only two teams in the East that can really say like they're done for the year, right? Like Orlando and Detroit. God bless, God bless Philip Rossman, right? God bless Kukulio for having to cover those teams. Like, like, good lord, those teams are bad. The Pistons have I, lost. I saw Orlando last week. Orlando was uh, the Pistons have lost. Good. The Pistons, as I'm looking at this now, have lost 14 games in a row. They were four and ten and are now four and twenty four. Uh, at least they have Cade. Listen, yeah, they have Cade. Shouts That's... to Cade. I'm a, I'm a, Cade. I'm a Sadiq Bay and Beef Stew fan as well, but. <sighs> Dwayne Casey, hope you hope you get a really nice Christmas present from ownership there. Brad, do you feel optimistic that Atlanta can avoid the plan as we're talking right now? Like, if, do you have do you have like an optimism factor on if they can like get out of where they're at now? Like, and not only like get back into the seven through ten range because they're at eleventh right now, which is technically just like a tiebreaker thing. It looks like with with Toronto, but um, can they get out of the plan? Like, can they be top six after what last year was? I think they can. I am less convinced that they that they will at this point, just because of the uptick in the East and the slow start. Um, I, I think I'd still probably, if you made me choose, I'd probably have the Hawks fifth or sixth by the end of the season, but with way less confidence. I, I had the Hawks actually pick third coming into the year. Yeah, me too. Um, and I'm not the biggest homer in the world, so that was not. You know, it's, I'm. I was coming from that from an analytical position. Um, I couldn't pick them ahead of Brooklyn or Milwaukee, but. Yeah, I mean, they're in that tier with maybe the Cavs. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Chicago, Boston, Philly, that that kind of group of teams. And I guess Miami, I, 
I don't know that those four or five teams right there could be in almost any order from three or four to seven, eight, nine. And I wouldn't be too surprised. Yeah. My let's transition to the Cavs here as we get towards the end. Yeah. I think, I think there's there. They feel like a top six team to me in the East. I'm like kind of there. The wild card with the East is that Brooklyn's really good. The bulls are look very good. I like just trust the heat. I just kind of do like that's a boring opinion. The Bucks are like my title favorites, as I've said. So that's like if you include the Cavs, that's five teams. The Wizards have kind of slid. Things seem a little goofy there. I don't really trust Boston at all. Just doesn't feel right to me. Um, and then there's Philly and then there's Atlanta. And if I'm looking at two teams that could really usurp a team like the Cavs that is a little younger still, that is kind of thin. It almost to me feels like if they just get some bad luck that they've already had some and their schedule's been really hard and like they're going to have a really like a relatively easy schedule the rest of the way which is really well in their favor. But like Atlanta and Philly, assuming Philly like Joel Embiid is is healthy and things and like maybe they make a Ben Simmons trade that gives him some needed reinforcements and stuff. It feels like it's just going to be competitive for those spots. And like they've created a little bit of a cushion over those teams and like they're three games better than the Hornets who are six right now in the win column. Um that you know they're they're five over Atlanta and they're four over Philly. I think like the Cavs like have a realistic shot to be like a top six seed. Cause like Brad, tell me if when you've watched them, I don't feel like what they're doing is like unsustainable. I have like questions about it in terms of like what is going to last and what is perhaps going to what needs to be like improved on as we go along here. But like they just a lot of this feels kind of like real to me. Yeah, I, I think yeah, obviously I'm not watching them the same level as you every night, which is always an important caveat. Um, but I think the offense kind of feels sustainable, like middle of the pack kind of level in terms of where they've been performing so far. And the defense is good. I mean, when you're playing two bigs most of the time and some of those guys are really, really good, like Evan Mobley and Evan Mobley. playing great. And, yeah, Evan Mobley, pretty good at basketball, turns out. Yeah, we, we, we like him. But, I mean, I guess the, the, the real question for me and really I think overall with the Cavs is like I don't think people believe that they're the number two, three defense in the league. That doesn't seem that doesn't seem real to me. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but it's kind of like where do they regress to? Yes. Um, is it is it number eight? Is it number fifteen? Like I don't think it's going to be that far, but you know most of this most of this like obscene you know stat profile is that they have a the number two, number two defense in the league right now. So like if that is if that doesn't hold, we'll see. But like you mentioned, and that's the greatest thing about this. I think if you ask somebody that didn't wasn't paying attention you know, have the Cavs played an easy schedule or not from the outside, people might assume that they have because normally you get a team that's like overachieving, quote unquote, and you assume that maybe it's like a little bit of, you know, good luck and schedule's been nice, but it's like, no, it's been the opposite for Cleveland. They've actually played this really tough schedule. So it's like, I don't know, man. I'll be the first to own this. I usually lean too heavily on priors before season starts. And I'm having trouble getting there with Cleveland, but it, like you look at the numbers and what they have remaining on the schedule and the talent level, and it's like it's real on some level. I don't know if it's this real. I don't know if they're going to be like again a top three team in the East this season, but they're not what we thought. They're they're definitely not bad. Like that that's something we can definitely t- say yeah, with confidence yeah. is they're not bad. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the Mobley Allen Garland core like it's just interesting. You, I know you are. Yeah, you. Maybe not. I don't know how you feel now, but like I know you're an Okoro guy coming into the draft. He's been awesome of late. Um, 
another Atlanta guy. He did yell War Eagle like after his last press conference before he went to the protocol. So salute to Isaac for just for just continuing to vibe with Bruce Pearl, I guess. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure uh, people in Cleveland are like, "What is War Eagle? I don't know what that means." And uh, it's okay, Brad, you 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 say that like people in Ohio aren't like football nut jobs. With well, Ohio I know, State. but it's not like it's like people that are watching country. on YouTube don't know that you're you're a, you're a Michigan. You're wearing a Michigan pullover right now. So like, I am. On brand. I believe you came on to talk about John Beeline, which feels like about like 19 bajillion years ago. But like, that, was that did it, happen. Was the thing that ha- I'm like, hey, Brad, can, we, can you talk to me about John? I, I guess I, I guess I was your I was your I was your go-to Michigan correspondent on the John Beeline thing. Yeah, that happened. Uh, that was I, a long time I, I know like two Michigan fans. They're you and my friend Christian, who is uh, uh, IRL, like just sad Pistons Michigan fan. But he's very happy about the the Wolverines. I got lucky and missed the uh, whole Pistons Lions thing. Um, my, I, I was birthed into Michigan fandom, but my dad, for, for I think I bless him every day for not handing me the Lions. I, I never want that. The Lions, well, are- the Lions did beat the Cardinals, so on Sunday. They- like in dominant fashion. Anyway, that was weird. Yeah, but, check out Locked Online talk. But the Cavs, like a lot of this, feels like real to me. I I want to see what tweaks they make. I want to see how aggressive they are. I guess we should note uh, this came out 20 minutes ago. We started recording. Love when that happened. Shams Charani of the Athletic reported that the Cavs are planning to sign center Luke Cornett to a 10-day hardship exemption. Oh yeah, Cornett has played with the G League's main uh, Celtics. Trevor Magnotti, front of the program, tweeted. Kobe asked JB for what he wanted as a stopgap, and JB just said, "Quote: Bring me your biggest lad." End quote. Sounds about right. <laughs> uh, I actually have a question for you on yeah, the hit Cavs. Me. Hit me. Um, I was looking at this in, in, in brief preparation for this podcast. Uh, they are fourth in field goal percentage against, third in three point against, sixth in two point against, and they're also, um, you know, this doesn't there's no, there's no impact here, but they're actually eighth best in terms of free throw defense mm-hmm. and, and giant quotes. <laughs> uh, that's gonna that obviously you can't affect that, but like, yeah. is it? You think it's real that they actually can test shots at a level like where this is actually real defense, or is it like kind of Nixie from last year, where like everyone kind of agreed the Knicks were getting a little bit lucky on their shooting luck, and it, it held until the playoffs, and then it kind of stopped. But I mean, how much of that's real? Because I mean, if that holds, then this is gonna continue. I think some of it is real, and I think there's two reasons for it. Number one, there's the obvious reason that like when you play Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and Larry Markkinen together. Um, you just have like lots of length. And I think that's really annoying for other teams. I, I just like, I think it's weird, obviously. And like, they're not doing anything crazy. Like you, you'll see this when, when these two teams are going to be in the play again, if they ever do. Yeah. I mean, assuming they make this come up, <laughs> um, who, who knows what's coming? Like we, we have, I don't know what's going to go on tomorrow, Tuesday, like who, who freaking knows, but like the Cavs will do a thing where like, instead of have they've done a smart thing, which is instead of having Lowry, like fight over screens, if he gets screened, like Jared or Evan just switch onto that guy. And then it's like, Oh, this is not easier for me. Like, like things are, it's, I th- I don't know if like I, if someone really smart will probably figure out like a way to counter that in a really creative way. And then like, we'll, we'll, we'll see that happen. But like, I would imagine that it's like very annoying for teams to just have all of this length on the floor at all times. And like marketing to his credit has played hard on defense, I think. And, is at least just playing like a like a bit like a seven footer, which you can't say he always has done. And Mobley and Allen are just like I think really annoying. Like they're just those oh, two for sure. Those it's just like a lot of length and due to like the block shots and like I feel like that's very tricky to navigate. The other thing I will say is that I think everyone else that has played, even Jetty Osmond, who's not a good defender, even Garland, who I think is like a minus when it comes down to it. like we've seen Drew Holiday hunt him when when the, they played the Bucks this year. 
like they're competing on defense and like Darius Garland is at least like putting in the work on defense to fight through screens. Rubio, like for, you know, what limitations had he's cooled off as a shooter is like a big guard defender. Like he is kind of annoying. Like th- there are eight guys that they're playing, you know, throw the Mar Stevens in there. Dean Wade even is competing on that. And like, they're getting effort out of those guys. And then you have these two like ginormous, like shot blocking dudes at the back end and you just kind of navigate it. And like, you know, again, like I, I think you could, I think we'll see like, like no offense to Luke Cornette, if he ends up having like start or something while while Allen and Mobley are in protocols, like perhaps they're just going to get like wrecked with him on the floor. And like Taco certainly is not going to provide that same thing. But if you have Mobley and you have Allen, some of it feels real in a way to me that like the Randall, like Mitchell Robinson front court say, like I, I just think it's like a different class of guy. Certainly there is some luck, right? Certainly there's just some luck in some of all of this stuff. I think there always kind of is, and, and you get to fortune with some of this. But I do think with those two guys. JB has built a defense that is predicated around what they do. And then Okoro is like the guy that can at least defend the perimeter. Like I, I really, really wanted to see Cavs Hawks at this stage because it just, and you know, obviously Mobley is going to be out and, and that was take something away from it. But like, I, I like just love the idea that like the cat JB has decided, like if I can be average on offense and then have my two really big long dudes in the middle and then have, have Isaac just dog people around the perimeter. Like that yeah. is my, that is my ideal situation. And like JB is like, yeah, that's cool. Like we can be crappy on offense, <laughs> but we can be like a top five defense, and like I can vibe with that. Like I, I think that's interesting. And I think it against a team like Atlanta that is so geared on Trey, but has other guys that are good, obviously, and and ha- but ha- is so predicated on what Trey does. I just wanted to see what that looked like. I just think. That oh, I totally fun. agree. Would have been really. Yeah, I, I think the personnel that Cleveland has too, like they're doing the right thing. Like they don't have wings, as I know you talk about all the time. They don't <laughs> only have a lot of wings. So they, like they, you're, you're, they, they don't. And he, if Brad, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you should go look this up when we're done here. Go look at Jetty Osmond's on off minutes with Rubio and without Rubio. They're like, abs- I, it, it is, it is, it is, it is quite absurd. It is absurd. And I, I, I don't want, I don't want Cavs fans mad at me for invoking the Knicks comp, but like that's one that I've heard multiple times from people yeah. that are not. I mean, it's not like an insult. It's just you know the Knicks had a great year last year. They were forty-one and thirty-one, and kind of out of nowhere in the same, not the same way, but in similar fashion to what Cleveland's done. Where like they were not supposed to be good. They were early. They were good early, and then it was like can't keep it up. And the Knicks kept it up all year. Like it wasn't like a playoff ready, but they were still good the rest of the season. It was. It's kind of a similar blueprint. It's different personnel, different kind of systems, but it's uh, interesting to me that that comparison I keep hearing and like. I don't think it's a bad thing for the Cavs. And obviously they actually have probably more, I mean, not probably, they have more talent long-term too than the Knicks did, which is helpful. I I would definitely give me Garland and Mobley versus uh, Randall and whoever for the Knicks. So I, uh, that's at least a positive in Cleveland's category. Again, like the Knicks were the four seed last year. So it's not like it's, it's not like it's a a negative comp to be like, are they the Knicks? Like, I think you take that. (laughs) Yeah. Look, the Cavs have not been like relevant without a certain guy from Akron in like 20 years. And like, even you could argue even like, Yeah, I don't. There's a certain guy that wore number twenty three. He wears number uh, six yeah. now. He was in Space Jam. I remember him. Wait, yeah. no, okay. I guess. He, Brad, he once committed like an. He once like committed devastation in the city of Atlanta. Uh, once. Uh, that, <laughs> Several. Uh, look, than, I'm trying to be more kind. than once. I'm, I'm trying to be kind. Okay, I'm trying. If to you want to look it up one day, uh, go go check out the the playoff record for like Jeff Teague against uh, against uh, LeBron James and see how that goes for you. <laughs> look, the fact that we got the Jeff Teague is a sign that we need to wrap this up. I'm Chris Mitting. That's Brad Roland. Find us, find us on Twitter. Find uh, both podcasts wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, lock on Cavs on YouTube. Do me a solid and and fingers crossed the Cavs will get the, uh, the we'll get to get this game rematch. We can talk in and pray to God for you Hawks fans that Trey gets to go like be a heel in in the city of. New York on Christmas Day because I, for one, who doesn't have to cover a game that day, would like to open some presents, drink some <laughs> coffee, and watch Trey get booed by the Knicks. Bing bong, everyone. Have a good one.